Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're interested in more content like this, and also combat sports news, analysis, and predictions, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. And before I start this episode, I'm going to give my disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in the show are the result of free speech because I am an American and I can say whatever I want. Welcome back to the show, guys. This is first episode I've done in a couple weeks. I've been busy. I felt a little burnt out and just want to take a break. And then I went on vacation to this town, this hidden gem. I guess you can't really say it's hidden because it's a popular place. But the, the the area I stayed in with my girlfriend in Austria... Um, and the lake that we hiked up is kind of a hidden gem. The trip was amazing. It it was really great, and I feel really recharged. Um, not that I felt unhappy or I felt tired, but you know, you gotta you gotta take vacation. You gotta take a vacation. You gotta take time off. You gotta spend a couple days where you're completely stress free and carefree if you're able to do so. I'm I'm blessed and grateful that I'm in a situation where I'm able to take vacation. Also, I have a great job that, um, you know, gives me paid leave, which, you know, it's awesome. It it should be by default. Every single job, every single, I it, it blows my mind that, like, I'm so impressed and so surprised that my job has all these benefits. Um. But they should be automatic, and they are automatic for a lot of other countries. I hate being that guy that compares like, oh, they do it like this in in Sweden. Why don't they do it like that in America? There are a lot of different factors, and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that can affect why something would or wouldn't work in America. One of the things being population, another thing can just be you know the way that society looks at certain things, culture. The mindset, you know, the political sphere, there, there's, there's a lot of things that can weigh in, but the fact that just looking, thinking back on all the jobs that I've had that were just so garbage, the fact that unpaid vacation or unpaid leave is a real thing absolutely pisses me off. It blows my mind. So you work at a job, assuming you're working full time or you're working part time and you go to school, either way. You're putting a lot of energy and time and effort into this company. And then if you need to go on vacation or if someone even dies, you, you're at their mercy. You're like, yeah, we give you permission to take three days, but you're not going to get paid. How can you call that vacation? You're begging, you're asking for permission to not get paid, to miss a couple days for because your cousin died or your friend is sick or you just want to go on vacation because you're a human being and you deserve to take time off. It blows my mind. It blows my mind that that that's not mandatory. Paid vacation is not mandatory. It's stupid. And of course, there are people that would take advantage of that. And I'm not saying like you should get two weeks paid vacation three days after you started at a job. That's not what I'm saying at all. But anyway, the trip to Austria was great. I got to go to the Alps with my girlfriend. It was beautiful. There's There's something about... So I've always loved nature. I've said it on here many times. I talk crap about the city and obviously, but you know, I wasn't being, I'm not completely serious when I was saying 
you know, or judging for people that like to live in the city. Teach their own. Teach their own. I am socially awkward. I'm an introvert. And being around large groups of people just makes me nervous. My anxiety is through the roof, but not everyone's like that. And if you like, if you prefer the city, good for you. Just, I know for me personally, and my girlfriend, and a lot of people in my family, and a lot of people out there in the world, we prefer to be in nature. But I do know, and I believe, that there's a fine line between, you got, the best thing you can do is have a balance, because it's in our instinct, and it makes, it's, it's natural for humans to want to interact with other humans. It's one of the most beautiful things that, that, that humans can do and that we, that we love to do is that we socialize and so many beautiful, great, positive things come from socializing. So you just got to find the happy medium. And for me and my girlfriend, you know, it was time to go out and be in nature, be in the mountains. We saw this really beautiful lake. There's something about lakes in mountains that really gets me every time. If I see a picture of one, what this is what happened with this place. I was looking at places to go and this lake in Austria saw one picture of it and was like, we're going there. We're staying somewhere that's close enough to where we can hike up that mountain and go see that lake. And it was as rewarding as, as you can think of. And if you're, if you follow my, if you know me personally and you've seen it on my Facebook page, you saw my pictures, it, it was amazing. It really was amazing. But what I was trying to get at, if I just circle back to finding the balance between you know, living amongst, you got to find the balance between living amongst humans and also being in nature, appreciating nature, appreciating the earth, being in touch with just with this beautiful planet that we are so fortunate to live on. You got to, you got to, you got to appreciate humans and you got to appreciate earth. And that's why, you know, I just, I, I took the same kind of vacation back in October for my birthday weekend. We, me and my girlfriend went to Switzerland, the same kind of thing. I saw this lake. I was up in the mountains. I'd never heard of it before. I hadn't heard of this city in Austria and this lake either. And you know, I just had my mind set. I was like, we're going to go there. And it was amazing. I felt recharged. I got a lot of inspiration for my podcast. That's when I ended up hiring the person to design my podcast logo. That's when I got a bunch of ideas for branding. I got inspirations for my books. And it's great. And I, and I, I hope that... If you're listening, you know, you can take this and I hope you're in this in in a spot where you can it doesn't even have to be a long vacation. It would just happen to be a long vacation because of 4th of July and because my job is so awesome and I and I I didn't have to work on 4th of July or or on the July 5th yesterday. I just hope that you're in a situation where you can at least take a day. If you can take one day, if you can make it a, a day trip where you just go and it doesn't have to be in nature. If you if you like to club, if you like to go to the party, you like to party, you like to you know, you like to do karaoke and drink or whatever, do it do find something that truly that you truly love where you can be as stress-free and carefree as possible. So that, you know, that that's my explanation for why I've been gone. And I just wanted to take time off. You know, I don't see this as a job. I like I said before, I, I have a relatively small audience, but I do this because I love to. And, you know, every once in a while, it's good to take a break. But I'm back, and boy, oh boy, there's a lot to talk about. And before 
before I forget, yes, technically I still have been, I'm supposed to be doing the sharing a piece of culture. And today I'm going to share the piece of culture. I took it down in my notes and I didn't forget this time, but it actually plays into a topic that I want to discuss today anyways. So yeah, I will definitely link the video. It's not going to be archived because it's a video from Twitter, but it's a great video and I'll get into that later. But the first thing I wanted to talk about, you guys probably already saw this coming or heard this coming. So Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, if you guys already didn't know, he was released after being convicted of sexual assault and his conviction was overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So Bill Cosby got off of, on a technicality and it's been really interesting to see people's reactions to this because you know, there are a lot of people that are outraged, rightfully so. It's, whether you believed it or, like, whether you believed he did it or not is kind of besides the point. Because what happened is, Bill Cosby, basically, he, from what I understand, Bill Cosby said something incriminating. He was self-incriminating. But he was, de he was denied his Fifth Amendment right to not incriminate himself. And he was, I'm definitely butchering it, and I, I should have looked into this before. And I did, but I totally freaking forgot. But from what I understood, Bill Cosby, in a civil suit, he, he discussed and basically provided evidence that, that technically was not supposed to be used against him, but the prosecuting team did. And that was why he was able to get off on a technicality. I'm sure there are legal terms. I should have really asked my, my buddy Hector because I'm pretty sure he's going to school for criminal justice. And he could totally tell me exactly what happened. But from from what I gather, I'm pretty sure I'm like, I kind of, I kind of, I, I definitely whiffed it. But I think I have a general idea of what happened. But it's been interesting. There are people that are, of course, are outraged. And there are people that are really, really happy. It... I'm not comparing him to OJ Simpson, but it feels like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have the opinion that, you know, Bill Cosby was, you know, he was targeted because of racism and the people that accused him of sexual misconduct and sexual assault, they, they were doing it because they're racist. There are people that believe that. So it's almost like same kind of thing with OJ Simpson. They just, you know, people just, you know, they're happy to see their guy get off. They're happy to see a guy, you know, an American idol, basically. He's, he used to be called the America's father or whatever. And so the reaction's been really interesting. But so something, you know, there's something that was brought up on a recent Joe Rogan podcast that I hadn't really thought about. But so there is a possibility that Derek Chauvin can get off on a technicality because of Maxine Waters' stupid comments and how it could technically be seen as jury tampering because she went to she went to the city and then she was, you know, saying some pretty provocative um provocative things that could be seen as jury tampering and it's gonna it's being investigated so we can see what happens. But so if that were to happen I wonder if the same people that are cheering Bill Cosby's release, I wonder if they would be, you know, 
I wonder if they would, uh, you know, I don't even have to wonder. Obviously, people would be super pissed. We would see cities get burned to the ground again. We would see protests all over the country, possibly around the world, just like with George Floyd. It would be insane. And like the guy, I think is Adam Curry. Adam Curry brought up and he asked the question, you know, did what Derek Chauvin do? Was that worse than Bill Cosby? Can we even can we even compare? And I'm not gonna give my opinion on that, but you know, I'll let you guys decide. But yeah, Bill Cosby has been let out, and you know it just goes to show you that this is this is such a bad botch and bad mishandling of justice on the prosecuting team's side. The fact that this guy. You know, there's overwhelming evidence that he did it. There's overwhelming, there's an overwhelming amount of people that have come out and accused him of these horrible things. And he basically admitted to it, but you had him admit to it, you know, technically when he wasn't supposed to. And then you tried to use it against him. And it looked like you did successfully. And now he's out. And now he's talking about, you know, coming back. He's trying to do two. I think he said he's trying to do tours. He's going on tirades against people who, you know, didn't back him up or weren't there for him and all this shit. I mean, yeah. What a horrible mishandling of the process by the prosecuting attorney, but by the prosecuting team. But, you know, it is what it is. Bill Cosby's out. So we'll see what happens. Another thing that I've been, you know, I've been talking about it with my coworkers. Obviously, and I'm here in Europe. Things things have just really started to open up where I'm living. And obviously, other there are countries all around the world from COVID that have that have different rules on how to, you know, traveling within, traveling out of the country. You know, if you fly, if you drive, if you go to a restaurant, there are different rules, and it's been pretty stressful trying to, you know, go on vacation or when we had to go back to the states, there were different rules. The rules changed, the policy changed, the procedure changed while we were in the states versus when we were coming back. If you have a layover, you got to follow that country's rules. You got to follow the airline's rules. There's, it's really sticky. But there's been, you know, there's been whispers. There have been talks about different variants and different strains. Not strains. Variant is the is the word, the, the actual word that I should be using because there's a difference between variants and strains but there's the delta variant a you know a bunch of people have been talking about the delta variant and the possibility of pushing another mask mandate and reconsidering lockdowns and i just want to say fuck off fuck off the world is sick of the lockdown shit there are a couple there are a lot of mask sexuals out there that they constantly they're so unstable that they constantly have to find something to blame, something to, you know, point the finger at that's the reason for their downfall, the reason why they can't fucking get this movie role, the reason why they can't get this job, the reason why they can't play the guitar or whatever. There are people that feel like it gives them power over others to wear the mask and freak out when other people wear the mask. I have absolutely no problem with people wearing masks. I still wear the mask when I go into the store here in the country that I'm living in because it's required. And even on base, you don't have to wear your mask. 
I'm not going to wear my mask if I don't have to. But if I see someone wearing a mask, I don't give a shit. People have their reasons for wearing or not wearing the mask. People have their reasons for getting vaccinated and not getting vaccinated. And I'm sick and tired of people pretending like they give a shit about other people and pretending like what's good for them is good for everybody else. And I'm sick and tired of people just not minding their own business. And when it comes to this Delta variant, I I kind of want to, you know, I'm not going to egg on the government because that would be stupid. But, you know, people are happy that they got the vaccine and that life was starting, life is starting to go back to normal. It's been back to normal in America and a lot of countries in Europe and countries around the world. You know, India is a little different because they have a, a variant that's a lot worse than the than than the you know the the variant that we got or the COVID nineteen basically because it would be technically I don't know if it'd be called something else I don't know if I mean obviously it's called the obviously it's called the Delta variant I don't know if that's the the same variant from India but if the United States government and governments around the world try to do this lockdown shit again it is with, without a doubt. There's, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, there will be way more pushback and way more resistance this time around than the first time around. Because the first time around, you know, nobody was sure. And it turned out, you know, through science and through studies and, you know, just just from the past year, more than a year now, the coronavirus is not as dangerous and deadly as we thought. And... You know, that's why earlier on, people were more willing to wear the mask, stay locked down, um, you know, take all the precautions that the CDC and the governments, their governments were telling them because nobody knew. And it's better to be safe than sorry. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But this time around, they try to do the same bullshit lockdowns that didn't have any positive effect on the spreading and the deaths. And if they try to do that again, it's it's going to be insane. People's lives were ruined. Some of them were so bad that they committed suicide. They got addicted to drugs. They started beating their kids, beating their wives, beating their husbands, beating their neighbors. They got bored. Like I said before, Americans that get bored, that those are some of the most dangerous people in the world. They start doing stupid stuff. And we saw so much of it happen. And if the government's going to try to push and lock down their cities, their towns, their states, the whole country again, it's it's going to be horrible. It there there's already you know, we're not even going to see the long-lasting effects of of the being locked down for a year. We're not going to see them immediately, but we're going to see them in a couple of years, 5 years, 10 years. And we're going to look back and, you know, I'm not saying the coronavirus is not dangerous. It is. It can be dangerous no matter who you are. There are patterns. You know, there are some patterns that, you know, we're starting to catch up on. But it's still, you know, it's still a guess if it can, you know, if it can be fatal to you or if it can be, if it can leave you with permanent damage. Like I said before, there were some, there were a couple UFC fighters who got the coronavirus. These are guys that are, you know, peak athletes. 
and a couple of them almost died. So there's it's it's not like oh only if you're only if you have a pre-existing condition or only if you're fat or only if you're vitamin D deficient it can be fatal because that's not true. There's there's so many cases that prove that that's not true. But the lockdowns locking down the country again it's not the way. It's not the way to go. If this Delta variant starts to spread and it starts to do damage again and the you know the vaccine that we already have readily available for the most part if that's not effective you know we could see boosters in the future you know it's it's i'm not i'm not quite too sure if i'm going to get that or not you know it's something i got to talk to about with the family but i would much rather get the booster shot and continue to live my life because you know like i said before my family my immediate family, we're in a very blessed and fortunate spot that during the pandemic, you know, our jobs were, they were never shut down. So we were able to still make a living, but it's not the case for a lot of people. And you just can't keep doing that to people. You can't, the world can't take it. The economy matters. I know a bunch of fucking commies out there will talk about, the economy doesn't matter. Oh, the corporations, oh, if we steal from a, a target, you know, we're sticking our middle fingers to the corporations. No, actually, you're not. You don't understand how economics works. And you don't understand who's actually suffering when you do stupid shit like that. And when economies get locked down, they act like they're sticking fingers to the corporations. They didn't suffer because when the when the stimulus packages came out, the majority of the money went to the corporations. And the the rationale was that they would take this extra money and assistance from the government and take care of their employees. And they didn't. The CEOs just bought their, their fifth yachts. They bought another Bugatti. They bought another stupid $85 million apartment in New York and wiped their ass with gold-plated toilet paper. Economies matter. The economy is like the lifeblood. It's the lifeline of society. And it matters. So we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, the more and more the Delta variant gets talked about, the more and more I get worried. But, you know, at the end of the day, the government's going to do what they're going to do if they don't get any resistance from the people. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you should not follow laws. I'm not saying you shouldn't follow rules. I'm not saying you should, I'm not implying any kind of, you know, violence. But don't forget, as an American, you have the right to protest, and you have the the right to peacefully assemble. So, if the government tries to push that shit, we might, we, we're definitely going to see a lot more resistance and pushback. So, I don't know if you guys paid attention, but, so obviously I've talked about Tim Dillon, who's one of my favorite comedians right now. He's, he is my favorite if I had to pick one right now. The guy's been awesome, he's been blowing up a lot lately, but... He said a couple, about a month, a little over a month ago, I think. So there was someone from the New York Times that reached out to him and said, and basically was like, oh, hey, we're writing this big piece on Joe Rogan and we want to reach out to some of his comic friends and people that are close to him and just ask a few questions. So if you could get back to us, that'd be awesome. And then he said, respectfully, fuck off. Because obviously it's the New York Times. You really think the article's going to you know, talk about Joe Rogan's accomplishments and the great things that he's done? Probably not. 
it's more more likely to be a hit piece. But so that piece came out, and it was called Joe Rogan is Too Big to Cancel. And I read over it, you know, and a couple key things that I took away from it. One, this person, you know, is obsessed with Joe Rogan. The The article was so damn long. It was, this dude wrote a whole entire essay on Joe Rogan. And, you know, he said some things that have been said before. It wasn't unique. They weren't thoughts that he came up with on his own. They weren't sentiments that he came up with on his own. It was just stuff like, oh, Joe Rogan, he contradicts himself. He says this, and then he means another thing. And he he, he tells his audience, you shouldn't listen to me because I'm I'm an idiot. It was just, for the most part, an echo chamber of things that have been said so many times about Joe Rogan. And, you know, he was saying stuff. There was this hilarious line on there, this hilarious thing I wanted to share. So this is a direct quote from the article, and I'll actually archive a link down in the description for this for this piece of trash article but he said his comments drew condemnations from the Biden administration and Prince Harry another Spotify podcaster and the fact that the fact that the guy described Prince Harry as another Spotify podcaster instead of I don't know a member of the royal family that was hilarious you know and also part of, in in the article there was you know, a bunch of less, you know, less successful, unfunny comedians and actors and members of the media and whatever that were giving their two cents. There was even a quote from Amy Schumer, which was hilarious because nobody with more than a 40 IQ or any sense of anything that's funny takes anything that she says seriously. It's a funny article. You should check it out. I mean, the guy makes a couple good points. The title was Joe Rogan is too big to cancel and he makes it sound like that's a bad thing. It's a great thing. Joe Rogan is awesome. He's one of he is the most influential speaker, you know, of this internet, definitely of this podcast era. He made he pushed the ceiling for how valuable our voice, individual people's voices through podcast and through other individual means of media. He, he raised the bar on how valuable that that can be, how valuable the voice can be. And of course, he's made mistakes. When you talk for 12 hours a week to various different people, from comics to scientists to mathematicians to professional athletes, when you talk to all these people about whatever comes to mind, you're probably going to make mistakes. Joe Rogan is not a computer. He doesn't have every single fact and every piece of information in front of him. He doesn't edit his podcast. It's unfiltered. Anything that comes to mind, anything that comes to his guest's mind, he says he says it. And if there's something that he feels needs to be verified, he does it a lot. He has Jamie pull it up. That's that's the meme. His producer Jamie has merch that says Jamie pull that up or whatever. So, you know, I'm tired of people acting like. I hate it. One of my biggest pet peeves is when there's someone that has influence or someone that's really popular and they make a mistake or they do something that their audience or their, or, you know, like parents of fans of Joe Rogan will get mad and be like, he needs to know that he is a responsibility over his audience. You know what? You know who else has a, has a responsibility over your kids and the shit that they do and the things that they, the ways, the way that they react and their actions, you, you're the parent. 
Stop trying to deflect responsibility onto someone else. Yeah, if you have a, as big a following as Joe Rogan, you probably shouldn't go on there and talk about committing school shootings or robberies and stuff like that. But it just goes back to people blaming video games and violent movies and violent songs for why their kids are shitty. But they're shitty because you raised them wrong or you didn't raise them at all. Stop trying to deflect responsibility. Joe Rogan is an influence. Whether you, uh, whether you like him or not, he has been a positive influence and he has changed the way podcasting and the way that individual media on the internet is ran forever. For the better too. So I just wanted to say real quick, not, there's not really much to say about it, but the Young Turks suck. If you watch the Young Turks and you get your news from the Young Turks, or if you know anybody who like unironically watches the Young Turks, you need to warn them. You need to stop. You need to really take a hard look at yourself, and you need to take a hard look at and listen to the things that they've been saying for a long time. I know there are a couple people I've talked to that have been like, oh yeah, well, you know, since since the 20... 20 election, they've kind of gone downhill. They've been going downhill. There, there's no hill to go down. They've, they've been at the bottom since the beginning, since before the 2016 election. When the 2016 election came, they, they like flipped. They went into sixth gear on how stupid, uninformed, how cringy, and how grifter-like they've been. You know, Chank Uger took, he took like a huge, a huge wad of cash like it was like tens of millions of dollars 20 million dollars is what i'm reading from jeffrey katzenberg who is i believe he's the ceo of dreamworks animation and you know the dude still claims that they're not making enough money to pay their tech team and they need more money and they need more power to be able to get get what they're saying what they claim to be the truth out to the people the young turks have been a joke nobody should take them seriously but, I mean, at the end of the day, MSNBC, NBC, Fox, CNN, PBS, and Young Turks, you know, they still get a, a shit ton of viewers. People still look to them as credible figures of authority. So, but I'm just warning you, the Young Turks have been trash for a long time. They've been putting out hit pieces against actual good, honest journalists like Jimmy Dore Aaron Mate, I'm sure you can you can look into that and you know see see it for yourself, but they've been doing it for a long time and they haven't just done it to those two. They've been doing it to independent journalists for years. I remember when I was really getting into and you know starting to pay attention to history and politics, I came across the Young Turks in like 2014 and all Chank Uger was doing was just Saying like, oh, it's bullshit, just incoherently rambling. And I thought to myself, how is this news? Is that this has to be satire, right? But no, it's not. It's not satire. They have a huge listener base. They have a huge audience. They rake in over 200 million views on YouTube alone. And it's scary. It's really scary. Because they've been caught lying multiple times. Talk about mistakes. I've said it before, you can make mistakes. You're 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 entitled to making mistakes. It's but the 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 important thing is 
that you learn from them. And if you make a serious mistake on a huge platform like like Cenk Uygur has done and like many people have done in the Young Turks, you apologize for it and you retract it. But even when you make a mistake like that and it's on the internet permanently, you know, at least apologize. That's the least you can do. You know, like I said with Joe, like I was talking about with Joe Rogan earlier, he's apologized before for things that he's gotten wrong and he's gotten a lot of things wrong. I've gotten a lot of things wrong on my own podcast and I researched the crap out of a lot, everything that I talk about. But that's the difference between Joe Rogan and the Young Turks. One of the million differences is that the Young Turks, they don't apologize. They just double down and triple down and quadruple down. And it's it's a joke. But it is kind of entertaining to see the left kind of fight each other. And But it's it's just... If there's ever been, a, ever been a time that makes it more apparent that we need more, we need to push past the two-party system, it's now. Because the views expressed on Fox News do not represent everybody on the right or people that are conservative. They're moderate conservatives. They're, you know, centrist conservatives. There are radical conservatives and they're all gonna they all people will loop them all together into the republican party and then the same goes for the left there are radical leftists there are moderate leftists and they're centrist leftists and right now all they have is to vote for one of the two parties you don't have to vote for one of the two parties but every other party is not getting equal representation and there are many factors that could play into that but the main factor with the united states political part two-party system is money if there's money you know money is a resource money is a way to amplify your position and your platform and your policies and right now all the money is in the democratic and republican party but we need we need more than two parties because there are People, the Young Turks, Jimmy Dore, Aaron Maté, and Kyle Kalinske, they're all leftist journalists, but oftentimes they're disagreeing with each other, and now they're getting into petty fights and stupid drama, and, you know, people will group them all together, but they disagree on a lot of things, so we need, we need to end the two-party system, but what do I know? It's not going to happen anytime soon. The good thing is, though, we are seeing a, a lot more people, you know, registering as independent. The Libertarian Party, which is a complete, utter failure and a joke, they're, at least they're still getting, their each election cycle, they're getting more and more votes, more and more popular, and hopefully other parties can get exposure too, because we can't, we can't keep having just two parties. It's just not, it's not working, and we can't just keep kicking the can down the road. That's all I have to say on that. So the last thing that I really wanted to talk about is critical race theory. So critical race theory, it's been a hotly debated topic, you know, since, since I want to say the 70s, but it's been it's been getting more and more searched on Google. 
It's getting talked about more in school, and there are even proposals to have it get introduced to grade school and high school. And it's very controversial. Donald Trump signed a, an executive, a couple executive orders that basically banned diversity training and critical race theory and stuff like that in the workplace. And a lot of people were upset about it. I supported it. And I'll tell you why. Critical race theory is, for one, it's a theory. Theories, rightfully so, can get tested, they can get scrutinized, they can get debated, they can get critiqued. But it's a theory nonetheless. And it's a theory that believes, essentially, and I'm going to archive a link from the American Bar Association that defines critical theory, critical race theory, but essentially it's a theory that believes that the Constitution and the legal system in the United States of America is rooted in white supremacy and is purposely and explicitly harmful to people of color, so anybody that's not white. And the belief is it is nearly impossible and it is way harder for people of color to move up in class, which can be debunked immediately with millions and millions of examples and statistics of Asians, Latinos, African Americans, Native Americans. You can find loads of statistics that can immediately point point the finger in the other direction for critical race theory. And yeah, critical race theory has been being pushed. A lot of schools, especially high schools, are trying to introduce and teach, or they're already teaching critical race theory. And I think this is a horrible idea for many different reasons. But the main reason is that it, it breeds conflict. It breeds disputes. And it creates this false sense of victimhood. And it victimizes people. And it gives people an excuse and a reason that they can point to for why they are unable to reach a goal that they're trying to set for themselves. And without a doubt, without a doubt, there was institutional racism. And there have been long-lasting effects that still carry on to this day. Redlining is a good example. Ghettos are a good, another example. But unless someone is able to show me overwhelming evidence that there are laws being made today or that are still in effect today that explicitly and purposely target people of color, critical race theory goes down the toilet. In the, on the college level, I absolutely am okay with it being talked about, especially in the legal world, because in the legal world, it it's used and studied, and you know one day it can be proven correct, but I don't think it will be, and that's the whole point of a theory. A theory is supposed to be tested, supposed to be scrutinized, supposed to be debated and studied and researched into. But as far as I'm concerned, there is no basis and there is no there is no standard for educators to have 
when it comes to teaching critical race theory. So who are we going to have teach? What are their motives? What are their credentials? What are their beliefs? That's important because there could be hidden agendas for people that are teaching kids. And I just don't see anything good come coming from telling and pitting races against each other. Because that's really the way I see critical race theory. And I could be totally wrong, but I'm not. I'm not wrong. And that's going to kind of segue into the video that I wanted to show. So there was a high school, there was a meeting with faculty and teachers of a high school and a bunch of parents. And they were talking about whether or not critical race theory should be taught their high school. And there's a parent that gave a, a really good speech on it. And I'm going to link that down in the description. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I appreciate you coming back and continuing to listen to the episode. I appreciate the feedback I've been getting from a couple people. And yeah, we'll just see where this podcast goes. I'm having a lot of fun. I hope you guys are staying safe out there. And I hope you had a great 4th of July. That's something I almost forgot about. Yeah, as always, stay safe, stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you. Oh, and one more thing before I go. I've decided that I'm not going to put the podcast up on YouTube anymore. For a, a bunch of different reasons, I've talked about it before. But unless you're someone that only listens to the podcast through YouTube, if you do, let me know and I'll work something out for you because I want to make sure you're still listening to the podcast. But there's zero incentive for me to put it on YouTube. Nobody's seeing it. Nobody's watching it. I'm getting way, 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 some, sometimes eight to nine times more exposure and downloads and streams and plays off of YouTube. So I'm no longer going to take the time out of my day to edit and put video into my podcast and wait the two or three hours it takes to process the video on YouTube. I'm not doing it anymore. So I hope... I hope you guys have ways to listen to the podcast other than YouTube, but starting with this episode, Independently Minded will no longer be on YouTube. All right, catch you guys in the next episode.